0: You're listening to Say Yes to Travel with your host, Sarah Dandashi. Welcome back
1: to another episode of Say Yes to Travel. I'm so excited because in all of the different topics that I've covered, I have not yet covered cruises. And I figured, well, first of all, everybody wants to know about cruising. And there's no better person to talk to than my dear friend, Stuart Chiron. And I am so excited because... He is the cruise guy. Stuart, you're the cruise guy.
0: I Welcome. am. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Cheryl.
1: Thank you so much for being here. Uh, you know, and it's it's interesting because I've been trying to keep track of everything myself uh, when it comes to, you know, what's going on in the world of cruising. And I know that, um, you know, certainly my whole area of expertise is a bit more of hotels, uh, but you just being the cruise guy, literally, um, I I'm so excited to just hear a bit more about what's going on, more of the ins and outs. And and I feel like there's probably a lot more that you know that maybe not even, they're not even necessarily talking about blatantly on, on the news. So um, I'm excited to hear a bit more. So that being said, uh want to actually just kind of dive right in if you're open to it. Um, what? We'll start very broad and then we'll get more narrow. What has the pandemic experience been like for the cruise industry? Oh. <laughs> yeah, big one, big one.
0: There's a dagger. <laughs> I know. It's it, it's a it's been an experience here. You know, I've been in the industry for over 31 years, and never in a million years would you have expected, you know, so anything like this to occur. And I could tell you back in January. I had a friend of mine who told me who who was following what was going on with the coronavirus in China. He said, "You know, the the cruise industry needs to shut down." And I looked, you know, I, I you know I had this very perplexed look on my face, and I said, "Peter, you're out of your mind." And then, you know, latter part of January, rolling into February, you know, he repeated it again. Um, you know, I I was actually in you know uh, uh, in France uh, seeing uh, the new Celebrity Apex in the shipyard. Then I flew to uh, Milan, spent some a few days in Verona with my wife, um, a few days in Verona, flew home. Uh, at the very very beginning of February, that was when, and then Milan had you know was you know becoming an epicenter, and and he's telling me that I mean the cruise industry is going to have to shut down, and I said you're out of your mind, you can't shut down the cruise industry, it's, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. And, you know, then, you know, the diamond princess, the grand princess, and a host of other issues were occurring. And then, you know, the discussions with the CDC, and then before you knew it, uh, March, you know, 14th rolls around, the cruise industry itself operationally was shut down, everything around the world, and no other so sailings. So there were a lot of sailings, as we know, that were Already, um, go ongoing at that point. There were a lot of world cruises, for example, uh, all around the world. But there were no more sailings that were going to be departing after March 14th, and it was just quite a shocking uh, experience. And you know, here we are now into July. I mean, right now, I would have been probably on my second of two Mediterranean cruises, uh, especially with my family. And you know, we're all at home. <laughs>
1: We are, we are all at home. And, um, you know, you bring up a a, a great point. And I mean, obviously you've, uh, you know, worked within the industry for for many number of years and you actually keep track of the number of cruises you've been on, right?
0: Yeah, 275.
1: (laughs) That's incredible, that's incredible. So yeah, I mean, obviously when you're talking about that we've never seen anything like this before, we've really never seen anything like this before.
0: Well, it's remember it's it's not sh- shut down the cruise industry. you know hotels, airlines, you know the restaurants, you know gyms. I mean, it's it's shut down so much of our lives collectively. and and in order to restart, if you think about it, the the cruise industry is going to be a major catalyst to get a lot of these other operations restarted, hotels, for example, the airlines, certainly, because you know the cruise passengers have to get to uh, their ships. But right now, you know, the cruise lines have repatriated over 200,000 crew members home. So before the cruise industry even can think about restarting, they have to get those crew members back, um, you know, to get, you know, just, uh, you know, I mean, think of the, I mean, Carnival corporation with they have nine cruise lines, 105 ships right now with, I don't know, 22 or so on order. I mean, they, they used hundreds of, of charter aircraft to get their crews home, not to mention having to sail, I don't know, is it 45 ships or so, uh, 450,000 nautical miles around the world to get their crews home. So it's been a, a Herculean effort just to do that part of it. Once they, 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 they say, okay, we're going to restart, we're going to restart slow, then they have to start getting crews back to the ships. And that's going to take time. Yeah. Which is why, uh, even though that, you know, with the CDC, you know, the current no-sale order, which expires July 24th, um, the reality is, is we may not see the first cruises out of the U.S. until maybe September, October at the earliest.
1: Wow. So that actually, that brings up an interesting point. Do you, I mean, obviously everything is up in the air and there's so much that will will kind of unfold really in real time and, and certainly being, you know, in the hotel industry, I'm I'm seeing similar situations. Are you, do you, would you say that you'd almost think that cruising might open up first in other parts of the world and maybe in the USA last just because of where we are currently?
0: Well, it's a good question. Um, I can tell you that um, Carnival Corporation has said that their uh, Aida brand, which is a brand focused on Germany, is going to restart August 4th. There was a firm date, they had three ships, and they had uh, several ports, uh, Hamburg, Rostock, of Monday, uh, as as an example that they are going to restart operations, um, but those cruises will not have ports of call. Wow, and how
1: full are those cruises looking at this point? Are people ready to go?
0: Well, I mean, there are people that are booked and now it's just a question of, you know, whether they're gonna fill it up. They are open for sale now. Uh, obviously, you know, with US passengers, it's, it's that's not a product for them. Um, it's mainly, it, it, it is specifically for the Germans, but at least it's, 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 a, it's an eye opening. There's, there's an opening, there's a, a crack in the ice, as they, as, as they say. So it's a place to which they're gonna restart their operation. Um, the next one added after um, Aida is very possibly Italy that uh, they may see, but the pro- the issue right now is length of the cruise and the um, and and destinations. Right now, they may start. They may restart. Not just you know I mentioned Germany and Italy, but if they started you know with the ships out of in the Caribbean, they you know let's say out of Florida. I mean you know Carnival Cruise Line gave us a. A window where they said that their plan was to restart August 1st, which it is not. But they were the first cruise line to actually give us an idea. So they were saying that they're going to restart with eight ships from three ports, Miami, Port Canaveral, and Galveston, Texas. And essentially, they were going to go to their private island, private beach, uh, as, as the destinations to avoid going to any countries just to get the ballroom, just to get the crews back to some of these ships and and start somewhere. But that has been, you know, that has been further delayed. But at least we had an idea that, you know, we're not going to see, you know, all the ships restarting and we're going to see three, four, five, seven days. Demand, so there's been a lot of demand, Sarah, for 2021 sailings. A lot of demand. But there hasn't been so much for 2020 and people say well why well i can tell you that there is a tremendous amount of pent-up demand they're not making bookings because the cruise lines aren't telling us when they're going to be realistically going to be sailing and um and where they're going to be going carnival gave us an idea and it was just kind of a, an idea but what happened was there was a huge surge in bookings on those sailings on those on those eight ships from those three ports. So it, it gave them a signal that people will go. And there was obviously a lot of people that were wanted to go, they don't really care where they go. They they just desperately want to go on a cruise.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is interesting. I think that's a, that's actually a really interesting point that you bring up because, I mean, it's, again, the, I mean, I've even heard in the news, oh yeah, 2021 sailings are like filling up, and but you bring up a very valid point. 2020 20 sailings would fill up to if we could officially like right. announce them and commit to them at this point, but because that's so uh, dynamic, you could say, and it's you know the ch- it's just changing so much that it, it is tricky.
0: People people are just it's just kind of a wait and see. Just tell us when we can go and where we can go. Yeah. Uh, people will and and the good thing is is with the there's so many ports within a four or five hour drive. That people aren't going to need, if if they're concerned about flying, they're not going to have to worry about flying. Yeah, I mean they're they're so desperate to get out on the ocean, that they'll drive. They'll drive a ridiculous uh, time. But you know, here in in Florida, um, you know, which has the most number of cruisers in the country, um, they're obviously you know there's there's you know Miami and and Port Canaveral that are the two uh, busiest cruise ports in the world. So. You know they'll 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 restart uh, and and they'll and once they open up for bookings and it's a realistic expectation, those those ships are going to fill up. But I will tell you this, prices are not going to drop. There's a limited number of of you know cabins that are going to be available, and there is not going to be any shortage of people to take them. So um, this isn't 9/11. People are not afraid to go, you know, to to travel especially internationally. And the confidence level in cruising is so high, because people are confident that the cruise lines are going to do everything possible to ensure that the passengers, the crew, and the destinations they're visiting are safe.
1: That is so interesting because there there's a similarity with the ho- with the hotel industry, but at the same time, it's with the overhead and the sheer cost of of what it takes to run a cruise ship versus say even a hotel for example that that as you mentioned there can't be wiggle room in the prices and as you also mentioned there's a demand for it so um i think that's a that's actually a really great point to bring up is that for those people that might be hoping um you know maybe the the cost of cruises might go down it does not seem like it's going to be that way and as soon as you know people are really given the green light as you mentioned they're really just going to drive and they're going to make it happen because they want to get some out of their living
0: room. You know, some people will fly. I mean, they're not going to. You know, it's like there's not going to be like a a large number of cruises. Let's say sailing out of San Juan, which is going to require everyone to fly, but they're going to start in sensible places: Miami, Port Canaveral, which is Orlando, um, Galveston, Texas, as 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 an example. And then as those start to, you know, as as they 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 succeed then they can turn around and maybe, you know, you have Los Angeles, um, New York as an example, that, that our future possibilities, once everything is, is operating smoothly. I mean, right now they're dealing with, um, you know, health panelists, they're doing everything possible. I and mean, right now they're trying to get the CDC to engage. Uh, you know, I, I took my family, we went to um, our, you know, a resort uh, for the first time here in Florida. And it was very interesting to see their health protocols. I mean, they're operating at 50 to 60% occupancy, but it is, it is increasing. Um, but it's, it's very interesting to see what the hotels have done to minimize um, guest interactions. Um, all of the staff were wearing masks, and um, you know the people were, for the most part, doing social distancing. I'd say 30% of the, of the guests, while inside, were, were wearing masks and people were being respectful. Uh, of, of each other. And so that kind of makes you feel well you know with, with dealing with on the cruise ships, I mean the cruise lines will no doubtedly, um reduce occupancies. Um, they'll do a lot more t- uh, to enhance the, the um, pre-boarding um, protocols. but what they also have to do is they have to be very careful. One one river boat uh, company um, came out with these health protocols and instead of being like a floating resort, it sounded more like a floating hospital, and and that's not the experience people are looking for. Um, and and so the cruise, the major cruise lines are doing a very good job. To, they they are researching to see what the hotels are doing. They are taking best business practices. They are reviewing all available technologies. And so the the boarding protocols, um, you know, the pre uh, the pre boarding protocols, I mean, are going to be greatly upgraded. And they're going to utilize every bit of the technology that's available now to ensure that ill people are not getting on the ships to, to prevent you know any, any future spreads. And it's it's interesting you know on the scientific side you know I've done a lot of interviews and um, I've I've done it with uh, epidemiologists and they've never been on cruises. They 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 um, uh, project their laboratory world. And think that's the way that the the real world is. And I can tell you that you know even before now, you know up until now, the the cruise ships have always operated in in a very healthy uh, environment. I mean they're they're cleaner than than most hospitals, as an example. Um, but they're going to obviously have to step it up. And you know yes, um, you know we've seen on the news where epidemiologists have said that in, you know the cruise ships uh, are like petri dishes. And and I'll just I'll just throw it out there, and and the reality is they're not. You you look at you know norovirus as an example. I mean when you look at um, twenty one million people went on a cruise and you only had about a you know just over a thousand people worldwide uh, that that or you know that that, that contracted um, uh, norovirus while on board a ship. It's important to know that one. Cruise, no cruise ship has ever been cited as the cause of the norovirus. It was always somebody bringing it on, and with their their cleaning regimens, they, they can keep those those numbers so low. But what people don't understand is is that in the United States alone, there's 21 million cases. Worldwide, it's 685 million. So when you talk about a thousand, 1, eleven hundred, what are we talking about? It's 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 nothing. Um, the the so the, the reality is is that it's not they're not petri dishes and when you deal with Ebola and SARS and uh, now we're dealing with SARS2 which is you know, COVID and you're dealing with uh, norovirus and Ebola and and when, you know it's, it's amazing how well the cruise lines react to each of these situations and prevent these illnesses, diseases from uh, becoming um, prolific.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I'm so glad that you touched on that because that's also, you know, I, I very much agree with you on that. And that, you know, when people would make that comment or the, have that sentiment, oh, the, the cruises are petri dishes. And I'm like, how many cruises have you been on? What's their uh, answer most of the time? I've never been on a cruise. And it's like, oh, okay. and they're going based off of the mindset they're like, well, I can't get off of a cruise. And it's like, what that no, that's not it. I mean it's the cleaning protocols on every I mean, certainly I haven't been on as many cruises as you, but like I, they are so clean and they have been so mindful of that and uh, you know, obviously they will have to you know heighten procedures accordingly, you know it's just because we're doing
0: what what they're gonna try what they're gonna really have to do is they're gonna have to step up the pre-screening process, and they're going to have to do a much better job keeping ill passengers. I mean, if you showed up at the port and, you know, let's say you were sweating profusely, um, you know, they are going to be taking, uh, they are going to have body temperature scanners, not just individual, but collectively. And people are going to be subjected to a higher rate of secondary medical screenings. And if you are running a fever, if you look ill if you don't look fit for travel, they will deny you boarding. So it's it's going to be very important for people to really take a look at their at their health uh, early on. There was talk of, of passengers um, seventy five or older that would then have to get a doctor's note to say that they are fit for travel. Um, I would tell you at this point that has not been enacted. You know, keep in mind. I mean, there's a thirteen percent of The cruise passengers are over seventy, but um, you know they do have very good medical centers on board the ships. Those centers are going to be greatly enhanced again, based on the new technologies and the new situations that we're we're dealing with. So, medical, you know, enhanced medical care is going to be important. But the secondary medical screening of keeping those passengers off the ship um, would be a, a tremendous benefit to everybody. But with you know the cruise lines. I've already said we can operate with lower capacity uh, on board the ship, so fewer passengers, fewer ships, in order to at least you know get to a point where they can break even.
1: Exactly. Yeah, which is smart. Uh, so I know that we touched on certainly you know the discussion in regards to um, kind of screening everybody before they come on board. But has there, and and you also even mentioned how cruise cruise lines are looking towards hotels to see how they're in essence modifying the guest experience um in this current time and then obviously we'll be moving forward so has there been any talk or what do you think might be the future like what the future guest experience of cruising might be like like as far as like no more self-service buffets will it be buffets where they serve you more or what are your thoughts in general
0: they they have those procedures already um in action so when let's say norovirus, for example, gets to a outbreak, you know, so let's say that, you know one of the ships is having a code red, they immediately um, stop the people-to-people interaction. So you mentioned the buffet as an example. The buffet on board cruising is not going anywhere. It is it is a very efficient way to feed passengers. Um, it is not you know for for people who've never been on a cruise. It is not uh, two lines where everyone has to wait in a line and you know we'll meet kind of in the middle where there's the dessert table. Um, they have stations, so there's plenty of, of spaces uh, for people to go, and so what happens is the cruise lines limit um, what, what passengers can do. So they, they limit the interaction. So when you go to the buffet or to a station, that there are crew members there. Passengers are no longer allowed to touch the utensils. There is a glove crew member there to, to assist them. And it really it really makes a big difference. Also, they'll remove the salt and pepper shakers from the tables. They'll remove the bread bowls. Globe crew members will be on hand to um, provide those types of services. So you'll still be able to partake in those types of events, but um, they'll have crew uh, doing it for you. Uh, they're going to a lot of it's going to be a lot of trial and error at, at the beginning, but they're going to go to various extremes to ensure that they, they enhance the um, the, the experience of, of the passenger while not inconveniencing the passenger. They wanna be able to provide the services, but they're gonna do everything they can to minimize the uh, people-to-people interaction. Now, I'm gonna tell you this, and I think this is gonna have a very big, profound take on the industry. After Costa Concordia uh, partially sank off the cost coast of Italy Um, there were a lot of changes that prior to that the lifeboat um, drills essentially they were really they were mandatory for the cruise lines to hold but they really weren't mandatory for cruise passengers to attend after that it became mandatory for everyone to attend now for people that used to hide in their cabins they know that the crew go and check every single cabin and that you are now checked in. And if you don't attend the lifeboat drill, then you will have to do it on the second day or you may also be uh, disembarked from the ship. It's that serious. There is a very strong possibility that the lifeboat drills may also be changed and changed forever. People laughed when Royal Caribbean uh, you know, had their lifeboat drills, but you were no longer required to bring your lifeboat, your, your, your life jackets to the drills, which was a tremendous uh, enhancement and convenience. The reality is now in this um, post-COVID world that we may not be having the lifeboat drills as we once had them, where we all got there at a, at a prescribed period of time and had to go through all those announcements and, and learn more about um, the safety uh, measures and protocols of the ship. We may see um, either virtual or you know, where people would go and, and they'd have to check in at some time during the first day, watch a video. They may have to do it in their cabin. But the reality of, of, of let's say, you know, two, 3,000 people going to a lifeboat drill together. Um, and, and getting in close proximity in, in large rooms, it may, it may change uh, going forward. And uh, no one's really talked about it, but uh, so on, on your show here, this is really the first, I think the first time I've actually discussed it publicly. But I know that those, those, those instances are being looked at at every level. So we've also seen many cruise lines coming out with protocols, and what we've seen, we haven't seen most of them, and, and that's for good reason. Yeah, everything is changing every day.
1: So rapidly, so rapidly. So
0: where we were, so in, in many senses, we may be back where we were in the thought process in February, which is wash your hands, soap and water, wash them frequently. The you know, um, washing, and obviously, I know. <laughs> you know the social distancing, and and now the new reality right now, currently, wear the mask. You know when you're in public, it's. You know, out of, you may be perfectly fine, I may be perfectly fine, but out of courtesy and respect for your fellow human beings, wear the mask. It's not yeah. that big a deal. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, so that that may occur on the ships, and I think we've all seen a picture of that couple that uh, came back from a cruise in um, January, and they had um, a face mask burn. <laughs> you know, was so, that real, it,
1: though? Was that even, I saw that, but I'm like, was that even
0: well, I mean, but but that's, you know, I mean, that may be something people are concerned about. But the reality is that just like at hotels, you're outside, people are not wearing the masks. But when you're in close proximity to other people, especially being indoors, people are wearing.
1: Yeah, which is, which is smart. So interesting. So we'll probably see a little bit of reduced capacity. Um, do you... Do you think maybe some of the cruise lines at the beginning might ha- offer shorter cruises and maybe go more of that route at the beginning?
0: Yes. And, and that is what a lot of the lines have said. We're going to do four and five night cruises. They're going to visit. They're, they're plan- they were planning, you know, Carnival, for example, where they were planning to visit some of the uh, uh, private islands. Royal Caribbean and Celebrity were planning to do uh, the, the same thing. It's just a, a start somewhere.
1: Exactly. Now, and that we, makes they,
0: sense. They've got to get the crews back. They, they they also want to ensure that the passengers, oh look, there's a lot of passengers that are, look, they'll go tomorrow. They don't care what they have to do. They don't care where the ship goes. They're that desperate to get back on a cruise. I one of them. I, I, would, I would sail tomorrow. I, I know the, the, the protocols, and I'm completely confident that the cruise lines are going to do everything to ensure um, that, that we're safe, the crew's safe. And any of the destinations that they visit are are going to be safe as well. But they they may just go to private islands, and 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 so that's why this, the the ships departing out of Florida, in Galveston, Texas, as an example, uh, as well as you know moving on up to the Northeast with Baltimore and New York, are so well situated because they're in very close proximity to a lot of these private islands in the Bahamas. A lot of the cruise lines, Royal Caribbean, NCL, for example, have spent Hundreds of millions of dollars enhancing the the experiences on these islands, and and like Royal Caribbean, for example, they could accommodate two, maybe even three ships simultaneously at their private islands. So it may it's 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 amazing what they've done I mean, with the water parks, the, with the water slides, uh, over the water cabanas. I mean, there's a possibility that they may even use the the islands as overnights. They may sell these these um, over the water cabanas, which are like you know beautiful hotels. NCL the same thing. Now NCL you've got you know not only got Norwegian Cruise Line, you've got Regent and you've got Oceana. Now, the Royal Caribbean side, by the way, uh, Royal Caribbean. So they have uh, Celebrity Cruises, Azamara, and um, they also just uh, bought the other the other forty um, percent of Silver Sea. So. They all have these these access to these to these islands, as well as Carnival with you know I mean look Seabourn, Um and uh, you know you've got your Holland America and your Carnival and your Princess, and and maybe even bringing over some of the European you know ships like uh, you know from from Cunard, to but the point is they've got to start somewhere and the CDC has got to get engaged with the cruise lines, um, because you know it's 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 important I mean there's you know, the, the majority of, of cruise of the thirty-two million cruise passengers that sail annually depart out of the United States or or you know, they are sourced from the United States. We not only sail to the Caribbean, but we're all over the Mediterranean and Alaska and Hawaii and you know up and down the California coast and Asia, even Asia. Um, so in Asia is actually another China is another emerging market that may actually start before U.S. Again, they were talking about, um, which which they've always done, the shorter cruises out there, but they're not going to visit ports. Uh, we may even see, you know, Japan coming online um, in the very near future. And no, the Diamond Princess is not changing the name. It is a very, very popular uh, ship out there. It was actually built in Japan. And, um, you know, the ship has been incredibly um, well um uh, reformatted for cruise passengers again. I mean, you know, they, they, they essentially enhanced refurbished the ship and all new mattresses and each of the cabin, everything was redone on the ship and it's going to, it's, it's going to, it's ready to go.
1: Yeah. So you, um, I mean, these are all such, such interesting points. I mean, if we could, you know, just to kind of like wrap it up or some summarize it for um, for those listening, I mean, any like advice or thoughts, final words for those that uh, want to cruise, or maybe they might be wary, or or just what, what would you tell people that are curious about cru- cruising, in essence, post-COVID?
0: Well, to understand that they're not going to sail if it's not safe. They really never have. And when there were issues with certain parts of the world or reports on their itineraries, they changed them. And, and the beauty of the ships is that they can move these ships. These aren't like hotels; they're not uh, stuck in any one place. They can be moved. They can be uh, itineraries can be adjusted uh, at any time. And they're not going to sail if it's not safe. And you know, you have people that You, know, look, you have people that will tell you walking outside your home right now is not safe. But we know how you know. So even let's say going to a resort. I did, you know, my wife and I went um, a week before we took the kids to try it ourselves to see how awkward it might be or how uncomfortable or maybe unpleasant. And we, we realized it was great. And a lot of the safety measures were on us. We brought the, the hand sanitizer that had uh, 80% alcohol. <laughs> so we were, we were making sure our, our hands were clean if we weren't near able to you know, uh, use soap and water. Uh, we, we did go out for dinner. We did go out for lunch. We did enjoy the resort. And then we came back with the family and had a really, really nice experience. It was nice to be doing something normal again. But this, you know, as, as safe as the hotel made it for us, you know, we limited uh, how, how often the maid came to the room. So we, 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 you, there are things that we as travelers can do to ensure that we're safe. And, and we have a responsibility of, of ensuring that, that not only we're safe, but we're not projecting onto others. And, and I know that, so getting back to on the cruise side, I know the cruise lines will do a better job than hotels. Um, they will do everything they can to ensure that healthy people are getting on board their ships. But it is gonna be a time, you know, before we see like seven night sailings. I mean, they are gonna be shorter. And, um, you know, we're going to have to be more understanding and, you know, not only pack, you know, we're going to have to pack a lot of uh, patients uh, in, our, in our suitcases. But, um, you know, it's, it's we, it, there, is, there is a safe formula to do this. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting back out on the, on, on the high seas.
1: Yes, I love that. And, you know, you bring up a very valid point. And I, too, have, have said this, um, you know, in, in some of the interviews that I've been doing in regards to, to hotels. And what we're seeing is that, you know, hotels and obviously cruise lines as well, too, certainly once they're, once they're ready to go, they're stepping up. And, we've, by the way, also even airlines, they are stepping up to the plate to really make it a very safe environment. But what's the other part of the equation? Us, us, us. as <laughs> us, exactly as guests as travelers, we too have to do our part. And um, you know, we're we're all in this together, as as they've all said. So um, well, some people it. are doing
0: it, some people aren't.
1: Yeah, but, exactly. You know,
0: and those people they the, the, you know don't don't travel. Yeah, if you're gonna be if you're not gonna cooperate. I mean, as as crazy as it may look, you know, wearing a mask. I mean when you're in public or around others, just, just wear it. I don't I don't enjoy it either. You know, you get hot face or your glasses, you know, fog up, but just you know, just go for it. But this is our way of trying to resume. See, you know, people are like, well, this is there's no new normal. This is a current temporary. But in order for us to get back to normal, you know, we just have to cooperate with these protocols and and, and just but just enjoy look. The sun and the, the sun is going to rise. The sun's going to set, and there's nothing we're going to be able to do here that's going to change it. So I say we just we just got to go for it.
1: Agreed. I could not. I swear, you and I are definitely of the same ilk, and we certainly have the same sentiments to to all of that, uh, which is great. Um, Stuart, this has been so enlightening, and I really, really appreciate that you have uh, taken the time to to come and join me and have this conversation. I mean, it's really given a lot of insight. I mean, obviously we're still figuring things out, but, um, but what, once we do, I, I know I'm feeling very excited to go back on a, on a cruise ship myself, so I, I-
0: All I can tell you, Sarah, is there's a lot of neat new cruise ships that are waiting to make their debut. Oh! Um, you know, Virgin Voyages got Scarlet Lady off the coast of Florida since, since February. And it has never taken a, on board a pastors, never set sail. Um, you know, you got new princess ships, new Royal Caribbean ships, new carnival ships. In fact, the new Carnival Mardi Gras is gonna have the first roller coaster at sea. Whoa! The new the new cool. dining experiences that they're gonna have. Um the, the Carnival Mardi Gras with the roller coaster is gonna be the first liquid natural gas ship in America. So it's it's gonna be using that new cleaner fuel, this new technology that's that's going, it's actually revolutionizing the industry to reduce its carbon footprint. I mean, there's a lot of neat things on the horizon, and uh, unfortunately, they've been they've been delayed. But, uh,
1: you know, it's a it's pause, just, it's we, a pause. We'll get to that. It is them. a pause.
0: <laughs> we, we need to get back out there, we need to cooperate, and uh, we need to go and enjoy our lives.
1: Yes, I couldn't agree anymore. Stuart, thank you so much. Can you let everybody know where they can find you?
0: Well, that's easy cruiseguide.com.
1: Yeah, perfect. I love that. And also all over social media as well, too, which is great. And by the way, for, for those that have been listening, uh, Stuart and I connected. It's been several years now that we had we had connected online via Twitter. And then it was right. so that we finally were able to meet. I think now it was three years ago. And we get to bump into each other on on different cruises, which is always exciting.
0: So, yeah, it's very exciting. Look forward to
1: seeing you more. I know. Likewise. Well, thank you so much. Definitely be sure to check out uh, Stuart online. He's amazing. A wealth of knowledge and, um, and this has been great. So thank you guys again so much for tuning in. I'll be sharing new episodes every week on Thursday. Uh, so please be sure to, to join us on our, our next topic. So thank you guys again and thank you, Stuart. My
0: pleasure.